The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from being very or intuitive, too intuitive, too intuitive, sensitive, being so emotionally sensitive because you've been scapegoated in a family? Have you ever noticed that you became emotionally reactive, intuitively sensitive after a brush with death, a life-threatening illness? If you've ever had tragedy, trauma, I noticed you were suffering from some emotional sensitivity. Today's your day because we're going to discuss trauma and intuitive ability. In today's world, it's very common to see people become so focused on their intuition because their brain has been changed by trauma, abuse, or serious illness. Today's today's show is going to change your mind because it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to handle how a traumatic history or traumatic event in your life has altered your brain and your body toward intuitive ability, but having emotional sensitivity. We're taking your calls, 866-251-3555 from within the United States or Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. East Coast time. Now, how can it be that trauma affects our lives so exquisitely that it alters, literally alters our brain, shapes our brain for intuition, for mystical awareness? Well, you see, all of us have a capacity for intuition, but We have an area in our brain, the frontal lobe, that senses it. It's like earmuffs. Recently, I changed the, I decided I was going to sand the floor and paint the floor in my house white. It's the pandemic, and I decided, you know, why don't we do a DIY, do it yourself. Well, after painting it once, I realized there were divots, and I needed to sand it. And, of course, I can't sand it physically. I have neck problems, so I got a electrical sander. The thing made so much noise 
that I had to get these earmuffs and this vibration proof gloves. So I put the earmuffs on and the vibration proof gloves and I lit a rip. The problem is all of us are born with earmuffs, a frontal lobe that blocks out hearing other people's thoughts. And we and we're born with vibration proof brain that we don't sense electromagnetic fields, the vibration of people's thoughts and feelings. But sometimes something happens, trauma happens in us that rips away the boundary. Yes, that boundary that is makes our skin thin. And so the vibes, they call it vibes, I always hated that term. The emotional feelings that are in the air, the anger, the sadness, and the pain, we hear it. It's like a dog whistle. Animals can hear a wavelength that we, that we humans can't hear. Once you have trauma, it rips apart parts of the sensory areas of your brain, your frontal lobe, so that you are more intuitively porous or sensitive to another wavelength, another vibration. So back to the sanding. So I got two types of sanders, a belt sander and a circular sander. Don't ask me why, and there's a reason why in a second. So I got you the belt sander, and in essence, I used it to plane because the boards weren't even, kind of like my spine. Needless to say, the thing was going, and I didn't hear it because the earmuffs were on. However, the trauma does something also, where it makes you emotionally intuitive sensitive. It also makes you numb in another way. It's a very strange thing. On one hand, you're hypersensitive. On another hand, in various individual in situations in your life, you can become numb and you can find yourself in abusive relationships that reenact your past trauma and you don't feel it because you've been numbed. So I've had a lot of physical trauma on my spine and so I don't feel it. Just like someone who's been traumatized, they don't know what a healthy relationship is. They're used to abuse. And they're numbed to it. They don't feel it anymore. Someone can scream and say all kinds of awful things and they're, they're numbed to it. So anyway, I'm trying to change the sanding belt. And I'm holding my hand on the metal as I'm changing it. And I smell something funny. And I don't know what it is. I figure it's the sand belt burning. And I look at my thumb and my thumb is turning gray. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I mean, some of them are gone. Sorry about that, Unity Church. Son of a gun. It's amazing. That sand is gray. That gray sand was my skin. It was burning the tip of my thumb. I didn't feel it. It was numb. Because the numb nerves on my fingers are because I have nerve damage. We must understand that whether we've had a near-death experience, we have anoxic injury to the deep areas in our temporal lobe. That's a near-death experience. That gives us the capacity to see the divine or we have sustained abuse in a family or a relationship 
that changes our hippocampus and makes those areas for talking about memories not as functional, but makes the areas for intuition and mystical awareness and emotional sensitivity, the amygdala, stronger. So in one area of your life, you're numb, less functional. In the other area, you're hypersensitive. That's why people who have had trauma to their spinal cord or nerves, they can have numbness and feel nothing, but they can get exquisitely hypersensitive to touch. So that's why we have people who have trauma, whether they've been scapegoated in the family, and they can hear voice people's voices in their head, feel their pain. But when they're in similar situations that when they were abused in the past, they're numb to the effects. And you're like, why do they keep being in the same relationship over and over again? Can't they see it? It's like they're numb to it. That's it. So, are you in a lot? Are you in a, your life if you've been threatened? If you were threatened in the past, if you're in a situation where you've been hurt or you see someone else's hurt, your intuition and your emotions will be triggered. Those fear circuits in your brain are hyper, hyper reactive. That is the wiring for intuition, amygdala. And the same thing, your frontal lobe interprets that that's your responsibility. That's the third center of medical intuition, the adrenal gland. When you see threats in someone else, when you see a situation in which someone else could be hurt like you, you feel responsible to rescue them. And so if they get injured, it's then you think it's your responsibility. Let me say that again. If you were injured in the past and you were hurt, you're more likely to be in that situation again and again and again because you're numb to it. However, you're more intuitively sensitive to other people's ability to find themselves in that problem. So much that you can intuitively key in to when someone's going to get into an abusive relationship, be threatened physically, be in pain and so on. When you get that signal intuitively, you feel compelled, obsessed, driven to rescue them. And if you don't, you feel guilty. You blame yourself. You think you behave badly because you didn't do something to save them. You, sh- you, you ruminate you should have done something differently and on and on and on. And then the after effects, you ruminate, you get this gerbil wheel in your head. You should have done something different. You should have done something different. And then you apologize, you give them gifts, you make sacrifices on and on and on and on. But there's more. That's from childhood onward. But then when your hormones start to change in PMS and then menopause or testopause, if you're a male, what was anxiety and guilt becomes anxiety, guilt, and irritability. A combination of mad, sad. Mad, sad is 
Eh, irritability. And that is a kind of frustration. In Chinese medicine, it's almost like the, the heat has been turned up on your circuitry. And what was fear now becomes fear, guilt, fear, guilt, fear, guilt, irritability. Why don't they do something different? Why aren't they changing their life? And that changes into your muscles get tight, your face gets hot, your hands get hot. And then you start crying, get irritable. You can't focus, you ruminate and you blow up. When I studied PTSD as a resident in psychiatry, I never understood why someone who was traumatized, PTSD, could have angry outbursts. I went, oh, come on, PTSD is an anxiety disorder. However, if you look at it, what it does to your brain, you realize it makes you irritable, moody, and it creates, it rips the boundaries between emotions, what first is anxiety and then intuition, then emotions blends. You can't stay in fear. Fear turns to guilt, turns to anger, and then you have potpourri for emotions, and then you have a meltdown and you feel overwhelmed and out of sorts. Out of sorts meaning you don't know, you can't sort out your feelings. And then they get converted to your body. Third center, Guilt goes to digestive tract. In Chinese medicine, small intestine sorts out nutrients, but it also sorts out ideas. Ruminating, getting guilty, getting frustrated, you end up getting abdominal distension, bloating, and gaining weight. And many an intuitive gains weight, has GI tract problems, and of course, adrenal gland exhaustion. This is the wiring for trauma and intuitive ability that runs its course, runs amok, gets exaggerated with hormones. You can keep the baby and not throw out the bathwater. I never really understood what that meant. That meant that people who had a history of trauma can keep the savant ability, intuition that you get from that history, but minimize the traumatic effects in your brain and body. Keep the baby and throw out the dirty bathwater. Now, there is a study in, in neurology where people can have, you know, your average brain, and then they have a stroke on the logical area, the filter. That's the frontal lobe, the left frontal lobe, the logical area. And when they do, they end up getting talent savant abilities, genius abilities in their right brain, the opposite brain. And so the authors of that study said that it's almost as if the patients, through adversity, through the trauma in one side of their brain, their right brain was released by the tyranny and control. Trauma is painful. Trauma is agonizing. But it, it releases you from the censoring aspects of your brain. A tyranny. 
And it gives you the freedom to access intuition and communicate with the divine. I wish there was a better way, but this is the way it is. And we can learn to work with it. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about trauma intuitive ability. If you want to know more about the information of today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you can't get on the line today and the lines are full, you can get consider getting a private reading for one or two hours. Go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207 8466475. We will go to line one. How can I be of help? Um, so I'm having a terrible pain in my joints, my knees, my hips, and my shoulders. Um, my left hand and arm is going numb, and the bottom of my feet, it starts at the bottom of my feet. The balls and the heels of both of my feet go numb and are tingly. Um, and then they turn into these big blisters. Uh, and then I just lose lots of skin off the bottom of my feet. So this is this, it happened the first time in December when I got this attack. And it, it's, it's also muscle spasms. It's very, you know, debilitating. Um, and I'm taking meloxicam, 7.5 milligrams a day. And Remind me what meloxicam is again. Uh, it's an anti-inflammatory medication for arthritis. And that works great. Um, uh, but when I went to just recently see my rheumatologist, she thought I should maybe just go and start taking it every other day. And, and when I did that just a week or two ago, that's when I got this attack again. And it, even though I started taking the meloxicam again, and I also take cyclobenzaprine, five milligrams for the muscle spasms, um, th the medications are just taking care of the symptoms. I don't know what's causing it. And she thinks it's just She's never had anything like this before. No. So out of the blue, you developed this. Yes, but I, I I did see signs of arthritis in my hands, you know, starting about a year and a half ago. The first thing I see is a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense that we belong, are supported, and have a say. I see a situation with someone in your life that you try to minimize the problem because you've normalized it, you've become numb to it, I see someone in your life who is charming, charismatic, and attractive. And somehow, you are intuitively keyed into them. They are irresponsible, or have been irresponsible, about a variety of things in your life. Whether it's money, work, education, you'll say this person is better than they used to be. You're 55. Somehow, you become disappointed, the person improves, then you get disappointed again, over and over again. 
to the point where you get numbed. This person's in a family and they remind you of another relative growing up. Who do you live with? I live alone. I have a son, you, but he's out he's out in college. You have you have a son. Yes. How old is your son? He'll be twenty one in September. What kinds of work problems has he had in the past? What, what kind of work problems have I had or my son? No, your son. Uh, he's, he's at ASU. He's in college. I know that. What kinds of problems has he had in the past that you were concerned about? Uh, he was a preemie and he has cerebral palsy in his legs. There you go. Has he had problems um, adapting to the world? Yes, because people have difficulty accepting someone with a disability. And did he get special dispensation in in high school? Initially, he would get uh, some PT help. Uh, so he could maneuver around the playground when he was in elementary school in the classroom. Um, but um, he only wears leg braces now at night. Okay. I see that you're worried about someone like that and that you are intuitively keyed in to his pain and suffering. But somehow you're at the end of the rope of him. Your problem is a first center, family. And third center, you have a hyperactive responsibility gland and you're very intuitively keyed into him. Are you following me? Yes. He's, of course, your son. The problem is, and the reason why I'm sputtering a little bit here, it's very difficult to talk to the mother of a child. You can't say handicap. You can't say developmentally developmental problem because you want to maximize their abilities and minimize their different. Are you following me? Yes, I just don't understand how it relates to what I'm going through. How long has he been in college? Three years. How is he doing in college? Uh, I never thought he would do so well so far away from me, but he's doing fine. And how long I have, have you had this problem? I have more problems with him being away than he does. You have more problems with him being away than he does. Yeah, I miss him. It's more than missing him. It's that it's more than missing him. I look at your head. I see problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your thyroid gland. There's something different about your eyes. They feel dry. I wonder if you've had antibodies against your eyes or had problems with the mucous membranes in your eyes. And though wheat may make you worse and certain things may make you worse, that's not the major problem. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. 
I see a minor curvature in your thoracic and lumbar spine. You know that they say that people who have fewer social contacts, their health is equivalent to someone being morbidly obese and smoking 13 cigarettes, cigarettes a day. Did you know that? No. Lisa? You've had a radical sonectomy. Your son has left you. Yeah. And out of sight, out of mind, you actually have no idea what's going on in Arizona. No, I don't. And though he may say everything is fine, you don't know. Right. And I think you're intuitively keyed in the stuff that's going on in Arizona. For someone who's cerebral palsy and he's trying to fit in in his junior year when it's like a mating pool and people start, it's like going onto the arc two by two, especially in the senior year. I know this because my health started getting really difficult in my sophomore year at college. Mothers always know what's going on with their children, whether their children's tell them or not. And their mother's health will let them know whether the child will let them admit it or not. You need a social network. You need prosthetic children. You live alone because otherwise your immune system is giving you problems. What bothers me, it's not your joints, it's your skin. And it tells me that your natural killer cells and your immune system is getting funny. And the medicine that they used to give to hold you, once they try to wean you, is not getting any better. You right. have to get join, join spiritual groups, recreational groups, occupational groups, because it will fill up your brain with being intuitively keyed into lots of different people. So it will help you slowly distract yourself, the intuitive signal, with what's going on in your son. You're never going to not hear it. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We've been learning a lot about intuition and trauma. The thing is, we have a frontal lobe that censors it and says everything is fine. But our body, if we don't listen to the intuition, if we listen to what people are telling us, our body keeps score. It will tell us the truth through our health. I understand that all illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, and so on. But every illness has an emotional, intuitive component. And so if you get a bad feeling and everybody tells you everything is fine and your health is tanking, you have to ask yourself, I get a feeling, my health is feeling bad, but everybody is telling me everything is fine. It's like being in your family growing up. You're feeling anxious. Everyone else is feeling fine. And, and you look around and everybody looks like they're unhappy. 
you have to ask yourself why your health is tanking. You're getting anxious. Everybody else looks unhappy, but they ignore it. You are what they call the canary in the coal mine. Intuitives of the canary in the coal mine. They will always pick up the problem. And they will get anxious. They will get intuitive. And they will get, unfortunately, have health problems. This is specifically true with a caregiver in the family or a mother. Because mothers pick up health problems. Problems with their children. Because they have to run off run, try to cut off, prevent problems before they occur. We will go to, we're going to do this correctly. Lisa, line one. <laughs> Hello. I think that I might be 105 before I figure out this program. It's counterintuitive, but we're going to leave that alone for now. Lisa, okay, 50, how can I be of help? I'm, I'm knees, overweight, everything you've okay. been talking the about. The first thing that I see is your brain and body are made for relationships. It's you are one big puddle, the love. The problem is your history of problems in a family and a relationship make you specifically sensitive to suffering with those that you love. I see someone near you who can't quite get hatched. It reminds me of when I was in ballet class, which is pretty much the metaphor for my life. The first ballet recital, I was small and everybody else, I was forced into my sister's class by my mother but needless to say they threw me in this paper mache egg at the end of the song I'm supposed to get out of the egg hatch so my sister cool. and all the other hens are dancing and then it comes to the cue and they said they saw the egg shaking 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 because the hatch for me to hatch could not I couldn't open it and they thought it was funny the audience roared. I do too. There's some, I know it's not funny. I have trauma about that stupid egg. And I remember after it, during the break, people, I walked around with my tutu in the audience because I was trying to get a beverage. And people thought that was hilarious. They said, you're the chick that couldn't get out of the egg. <laughs> There's somebody that you know that has a good heart that is developmentally stalled. They can't get out of their own way. They can't get past a certain wall. You love them. They, they just can't get out of their own way. They have potential, and they can't give birth to it in their life. And you have nervousness about it for them. You may carry responsibility for this person, and they may end up making the same mistakes over and over again. Who is this person? My husband. Oh. Yeah. Um, what do you do for a living? Um, I, safety. Don't you love that? For someone who's intuitive? Yeah. What you do is safety? It's not like you mm -hmm. do demolition, right? <laughs> nope. 
And yeah, who makes who makes more money, you or your husband? Um, my husband right now. I like that fact. You say my husband right now. How long has that been that way? Um, our whole lives. Okay. What is holding him back? What is preventing him from moving forward? How is he developmentally stalled? Um, he's just emotionally stunted, just his upbringing, and he just doesn't see his own potential, and he could be his own boss, and um, I, I see it. I've always seen it, and he just can't. So can't he's not advancing in his career. He's not advancing no. in a way. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. You have to stop. I'm just looking at his potential. Okay. Because you don't want to push him into a position that he'll fail. Okay. That would be worse. Do you understand? Yes. Whether it's phobia, anxiety, depression. Yeah, I think anxiety. I know. Anxiety slash depression. Last thing I checked, look on your wall. You don't see a psychiatry um, certificate there, do you? (laughs) No. No. Your safety, (laughs) and you're trying to keep him safe, but you also see his potential. But Mm -hmm. it's a disaster. There's something that prevents him from moving forward, but you can't champion him because no peter principle it, peter principle is that you will advance him to his greatest um his least capacity you'll keep promoting him until he start to fail okay. i look at your head i look at your eyes neck thyroid i see excess estrogen in your body that makes it hard for your thyroid at times to be its best. I look at your heart. I wonder if your body has trouble with triglycerides and cholesterol. I wonder at times whether the left side of your heart moves funny. At times I wonder whether you have problems with pressure in your chest. It's hard to take a deep breath. Whether it feels like your heart skips a beat or adds a beat. I see a capacity to have a density in your left chest wall. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. You crave carbs at night after seven. You get indigestion yeah. at night after seven. I look at your left kidney, right kidney bladder. I see people in your family tend to get calcium or other kinds of something in their urine. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your, I see it something different about your right hip asymmetric gait that can mess up your right knee. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral area. Your stomach sticks out, which messes up your lower back because you eat too late to soothe yourself to get to sleep, which puts on pounds which throws your lower back forward, which messes up your hip and your knee. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Weight, and I just got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. How tall are you? 
five two. How much do you weigh? I think I'm about one sixty. Okay. You're not like two hundred and fifty pounds. It slowly creeped up. Is it true that you start getting hungry or graze around seven o'clock? Yes, I just want to go to bed so early sometimes. I say that all the time. Okay. You have to rehabilitate yourself. You you have a circadian rhythm problem. You have to eat the most when you wake up, when insulin is at its highest and cortisol is at its highest. And you need to eat little or nothing when insulin and cortisol are at its lowest. And that's when you go to bed. You may be hungry. You may be bored. You may want to eat the siding off the side of your house. Do not put anything in your mouth. Are you following me? Because it's causing orthopedic problems, which will then make you move less, which will make you then gain more. Do you understand? Yes. So after 7 p.m., nothing? No, no, no. Did I say after 7? I said you eat after 7. You start with the biggest breakfast when you wake up at 7. You have a big lunch. Forget about what Norman, that's, I'm just calling everybody Norman. I don't like to use their real names on, the, on radio. Forget about what Norman wants, okay? Norman's depressed. Norman, Norman wants dinner. <laughs> it will kill you. Okay? It will kill you, but Norman will get his dinner. Okay. Norman okay, is a rote person. You'll be eight feet, but you'll still serve him a buffet. Your biggest meal is at okay. lunch. Take a plate, divide it in thirds. One-third protein, one-third carb, one-third vegetable. And then three o'clock in the afternoon, have a half of a protein bar and a bottle of water. But your dinner, at the very latest, is at 5.30. It's at a dessert plate. That's it. Because the rest of the day... You might be able to have a glass of water that's half grapefruit juice, which negates insulin. Sometime during the day, get on an exercise bicycle, turn the pressure up and go like a bat out of hell. You're eating too late. Hunger means you're about to deliver a mother. Mothers get labor pains when they're about to deliver a baby. You get hunger and it says you're about to deliver a pound of fat when you wake up in the morning. So when you get hunger pains... Or you get that feeling in your head, thank your body and say, you know what? Mother and baby will rest fine because in the morning I'm about to deliver a pound of fat. You cannot eat. Hey. Good luck. You take it easy. But you have to disconnect from him. He is not going to push forward. There's some developmental problem. Good luck. Okay? Thank you. Not a problem. We will go to... Nora... Line three, how can I be of help? Nora, line three, how can I be of help? Hello? Hello? Who am I talking with? Nora. Very good. It's always a crapshoot around here. How can I be of help? (laughs) No idea who I'm talking about. I could be talking about someone in the cabinet. In the Some cabinet. guy with a mask. You know what I'm saying? The cabinet, the, the White House. Anyway, how can I be of help? 
Um, well, I have gone around with trauma for many years, and everything you're saying about that is true. Um, okay, the first thing I see is a situation in a occupational environment. And that is, I see someone who, you know, there's a great book by, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he talks about people who are always on the, the periphery. They're yeah. like the black sheep yeah. or the edge of the herd. Mm. And they never feel part of the group. And right. it's a dangerous, Peterson is the guy's name. It's a very controversial figure. But mm. whether it's monkeys, sheep, or whatever, being the periphery of the group is a bad place to be. Hmm. Whatever it is, your brain chemistry and your skills make it hard for you. You're either too emotionally porous or sensitive to mm -hmm. figure out how to schmooze. I don't do well with this at all. Mm. But what he says is correct. I just don't know how to schmooze. Needless to say, whether it was in your family of origin, you were the sensitive one and you got picked yeah. on. And then in high school, you were the sensitive one and hung by the side. And then in work environments, the same thing. Yeah. If you hang by the side, they interpret you as thinking you're better than them. Or they hang on. if you hang out on the side, people, when they get bored, they pick on you or they gossip. Mm. When you, they, you hang by the side and you focus on your work, they don't do their work and they pick on you. And I saw that that happened over yeah. and over again. And then you weren't appreciated because you thought it was about the content and not the culture. When really mm. work is about content and culture. Mm. What do you do for work? Uh, I was an art teacher for many years. So and what was the well. last environment that you worked in? I worked um, at an art center. Was it political? Yeah. Was it catty? Yeah. They, at the end, they wanted to get rid of, rid of me, even though I had worked there many years. Why did and they I want had, to get rid of you? Um, they said there were too many, uh, uh, you know, when somebody complains about you, there's a word. There were too many, there were too many complaints. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another word that I was looking for. Uh, well, my point is, is since, how many years ago was that? That was about five, and uh, so I've been spurting, you know, trying to move forward because I felt like uh, – good in my job it was fun and the people like me for the most part i know but uh, you did content and not culture your problems the first center has to do with families that make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense of belonging yeah. this is the key most yeah, people I never belonged <laughs> i know but when people have trouble with trauma in a family yeah. they don't have a first center family so they, they bond more with the seven center heavens he yeah. feels safer with spirit and the divine seventh center and not with first center earth. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, look down at your feet. They are on the ground. Yes. <laughs> and so, you, and there are people over there and you have to be around them. Otherwise you'll start having problems with your immune system, your skin, like the lady with yeah. the joints. Yeah. With I the have, CP. Uh, so in, in my point is, is you were uh, focused on the content and not the culture Right, and now right, yeah, you yeah. left the culture 
and now you're still focused on the content. When, like Barbara Streisand says, people who need people are the luckiest people. I think that's so all the time. So you're going to have to work with someone who knows, knows cognitive behavioral or dialectic behavioral therapy, which I've taken it and I've taught it. Yeah, it's good have for people been. who have emotional trauma, sexual trauma, physical abuse, that you learn wise mind. When you have fear, anger, sadness, guilt, you learn to observe, describe, allow. It's based on Thich Nhat Hanh. But when you're aware of someone else's anger and cattiness, you observe, yeah. describe, allow, but you don't do anything yet. And then they teach you emotional regulation for either what you perceive on earth, other feelings and reactions toward you, or what you're intuitively picking up. You learn to balance your feelings, your intuition, and your awareness of how they're treating you. Yeah, I never and know that, exactly what's going on. And then, no, you're going to learn the behavior. And then you learn, dear man. Mm. It teaches you, because that will teach you how to deal with the people in the culture. How to say the right thing. It's the fifth center skill. This is neck and thyroid. How to say the right thing to the right person at the right time with the right volume <laughs> and intensity. Yeah. Considering factors like, is this the right time? Do I have the right status to tell them this? Will it threaten my job? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then there's another skill called radical acceptance, which mm -hmm. is telling the difference between willfulness, which is changing everything, and willingness, which is to accept what is, even if you think it's not fair, right, or just. Mm. And A, B, and C are very difficult for you, because if you don't think something is fair, right, or just, you're going to say something about it. And a lot of people with trauma do, because they mm. want to right a wrong, because they were wronged in the past. Yeah. And it wasn't wrong. And that, unfortunately, sidelines you. Yeah. And sidelines you. Do you see you anything with heart palpitations? That's because you have a combination of anxiety because yes. you're separated, but you're frustrated because it's not fair, right, or just. Yeah. And it's an electrical difference between your right brain, intuition and emotion, and heart, cardiac. And you got to get them together because otherwise electrical signals are what change from your right brain and intuition is what changes rhythms. Mm. Are you following me? Yeah. Good luck. You take it easy. Thank we'll you. We'll go the line. Thank you. We'll go the line five. Line five. Mary, how can I be of help? Hello? Yes, is this Mary? Yes, it is. We have a very short period of time. How can I be of help? Okay. So I have a feeling of fullness under my left rib cage um, and quite a bit of cellulite on my legs. First thing I see is that you've had a relationship with someone in the past who had a lot of control over you and made you not feel very good about yourself. You were, you were going to say that this is, doesn't affect you anymore. But this made, person made you feel bad about yourself. You tried to have a relationship with them. And third person interfered. It was at a vital time in your life 
when you really wanted to get squared away? Who do you live with? Uh, my husband. Is this your first husband or your only husband? Only. How many, how many years have you been married? Uh, almost 25. Was there someone in your life, an older woman, who interfered in your marriage with your husband? No. What was his mother like? Uh, she's still around. Yeah, she she's pretty much keeps to herself. Do you have children? Yes. How old are they? Uh, 16. All I can say is that something affects your relationship and your self-worth and self-esteem in your marriage. Wait. Mm -hmm and stomach and rib cage is third center. It has to do with self-esteem, responsibility, and identity. And then fourth center has to do with heart, a broken heart. Mm -hmm. Are you following me? Absolutely. What happened when you say absolutely? What broke your heart? A little bit of deceit. I'm not I don't know. Okay, 100%. deceit. That's my point. That's what I said. You were trying to have a relationship with someone and a third person interfered. You don't yes. want to say it on the radio, right? I right. understand. Right. Is that right? Yes. That's fine. As long as you say, I don't want to say it on the radio, it validates what I saw. So I don't Absolutely. think that I'm losing my mind and I don't go cry in my grateful views <laughs> later on tonight. You understand? Because I'm a I perfectionist. Do. I try to be, you know, precise. And so I don't quit this and, I don't know, take up macrame or something like that. My point is, is this. You need to understand when someone's deceptive, it has nothing to do with you. Do you understand? Yep. Nothing to do with you. Every once in a while, I get behind in front of some. I'm in the car and someone's behind me and they try to prove that they're powerful or masculine or something. So you know what they do? They rev their engine. <laughs> and they'll pass me. And you know what I say? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. powerful. A lot of people do stupid things to mm -hmm. make themselves look strong and powerful. Mm -hmm. I have male cats that every once in a while beat up on one of my female cats. And I give them a boot. Because mm -hmm. they want to act powerful and one up on someone. When some people feel insecure, they do stupid things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything about you. It mm -hmm. means that that person acted poorly. Do you understand? Yes, I do. You get in some group like Curves or that thing with Oprah. And Oprah's mm -hmm. been fooling with her weight for years, for God's sakes. You get with a group of people and get group support. And you work on this. But understand, that had nothing to do with you. That's the person who's just fooling around at midlife. Do you understand? I do, on and some I have level, realized. On, no, you have, on some level, you don't. You may never know. Mm, true. You may never know. But right now, you're going to lose weight for you. Yep. For you. Not for anybody else. And not so that it will prevent that from happening again. 
And if anybody says that the reason why that happened is because you're heavy, oh, forget it. Because I know a lot of people who are heavy and then tell their wives, well, you know, you're getting a little heavy. Well, you're no prize. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? That is not yeah. the cause. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do, and this person is not a bad person. No. It's just something is wrong with their psyche, and they're trying to make themselves feel better. So they tried that, and that didn't work. So they're going to try something else. Mm -hmm. But it had nothing to do with anything with your appearance or any dissatisfaction between him and you. It just had to do, actually, I saw the person is older, as idiotic as that is. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So, Mona Lisa, can, with all the food Oh, I can't. i got to go. It just is it. Come back next okay. week. I want okay. to thank you for welcoming me to your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.